The Old Premeds Podcast, session number 37. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Dr. Ryan Gray. I host this podcast as well as the Pre-Med Years and the MCAT Podcast. You can check out everything that we're doing over at mededmedia.com. That's M-E-D-E-D-Media.com. Now we take questions directly from the oldpremeds.org forms, which is a site dedicated to non-traditional pre-med and medical students. And this week's question like I said, comes right out of the forums and is from a student asking about research experience. And really it comes down to is if admissions committees are biased towards applicants with research experience that they would value it over clinical observation. So the full question here says, in looking through the uh, MSAR, the MSAR, the Medical School Admissions Requirements, one of the things that jumped out to me jumped out at me was the percentage of accepted applicants with research slash slash lab experience. In many cases, the schools reported higher numbers of accepted students with this experience than physician shadowing slash observation. It is typically in the 85 to 95% range. Are admissions committees that biased towards applicants with research experience that they would value it over clinical observation? Or is it more that students are reporting their lab experience from prerequisite coursework. So let me give you a little bit of a breakdown here with research and clinical experience. Medical schools need to understand that you know what it's like to be a physician. That's why shadowing is so important. And you don't need a ton of shadowing to to understand what it's like. Clinical experience, on the other hand, and I don't consider, and, and most admissions committee members don't consider shadowing to be clinical experience because you're not you're not really interacting with the patient you're not getting your hands dirty doing patient care while technically you are quote unquote close enough to smell the patient as i think it was george washington's one of their admissions committee members talked about it at an old pre-meds conference that i was at that that's his definition of clinical experience is if you're close enough to smell a patient as a shadow, as as a student who is shadowing, you're not you're you're technically close enough, but you're still not smelling the patient. So work like being a CNA, being a paramedic, being an EMT, being a, any kind of kind of former healthcare person like a, a nurse or a PA. Obviously, those are huge clinical experiences, and so. Admissions committees need to know that you know what it's like, what you know what you're getting yourself into. Research, on the other hand, is something that I think is perpetuated in the pre-med world that is a necessity to do to get into medical school. Meaning, pre-med students tell other pre-med students that you have to do research to get into medical school. And so that's probably the largest driver of students 
doing research. There are a couple caveats, obviously. If you want to go into an MD-PhD program, research is going to be the main driver, the main focus during your pre-med years. You need to be huge into research to get into an MD-PhD program. If you want to go into a research-heavy institution, then obviously research is going to be very important as well. In medicine today, we talk about evidence-based medicine, and evidence comes from research. And so knowing the, the research, knowing how to read research articles and know statistics and understand everything that goes on behind the scenes with, the, with researching and the scientific method, that is very important to being a physician as well. The actual act of research isn't necessarily important. It's understanding the process. You don't need to publish anything to get experience and gain benefit from research. So think about it in those terms. You're, you don't need to do research. It's good experience to understand later on when you are a physician what went into a research article, a, a publication, how to read the data in that publication, and, and really understanding for yourself if you like research. And that's a, that's a big thing to think about. If you're interested possibly in doing research yourself, whether that's bench research, what most people think about with research and sitting there in a lab with a pipette, or clinical research. And clinical research you can do as an MD or a DO without having a PhD. Uh, many physicians do it, and, and you get a ton of great experience doing that as well. So some things to think about. Their admissions committees aren't leaning one way or the other. They, they need to make sure you know what life is like as a physician, so they're looking at that clinical experience. The, the clinical experience, let me separate the shadowing slash clinical experience. Shadowing shows you what it's like to be a physician, what life is like. Clinical experience proves to you that you actually like being around sick people because <laughs> just because you liked it on Grey's Anatomy doesn't mean you actually are going to like it in real life. So that's a, the differentiation there. So I think that is it. Hopefully I answered your question and helped you in your decision making. Again, you don't have to have research with one small asterisk on there. Some schools require it. Schools like the University of Utah, if you go and look at their admissions requirements, they actually have set number of hours for research and and shadowing and, and volunteering and, and so on and so forth. So look at each of the schools that you're interested in applying to, see what they quote unquote require, and then follow what you enjoy the most after all of the requirements are met. All right, I do have one rating and review here I want to read. If you would like to leave us a rating and review, I would greatly appreciate it. You can do that at oldpremeds.org slash iTunes or opmpodcast.com slash iTunes. I think you can go to both of those places or one of those places, <laughs> but we have one here. Somebody figured out how to do it. We have one here from Burhan22 that says, first of all, I really appreciate the hard work that Dr. Ryan Gray and his fellow partners have put on this podcast. 
I started listening to this podcast about two months ago, and it really helped me out a lot, not only about the MCAT, but also what to really expect in med school and et cetera. I highly, I really recommend this podcast to anyone who wants to be a physician, even if they are still in high school. Wow, for a non-traditional podcast, that's, that's awesome. I'll take it. This podcast has some good quality information. All right, Burhan22, thank you for that review. He also left a review over on the pre-med years too. It might've been very similar, but I'll read both because he submitted on both. So thank you for that. All right, I hope you got a ton of great information out of the podcast today. Remember on your non-traditional journey, you're gonna have some hiccups. You're gonna have some trials and tribulations. You're gonna wanna give up. But if this is truly what you're meant to do, keep pushing forward. It's totally worth it in the end. Don't forget to check out everything else we're doing over at mededmedia.com.